The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing city. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. This is Dave. Thanks for being here, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, thieves, everybody out there and in your homes and maybe running out of toilet paper at this point. This is the critical witching hour for toilet paper. I hope you're ready, people. Um, so as we do on the show, we talk about people who are uh, struggling with this, which is uh, another way of saying pretty much everybody out there. I hope you're holding up everybody. As it happens, I was uh, I'm part of a networking group and I was talking to two friends who happen to be in New York. So please welcome the New Yorkers. We are talking to Avni Ramani, who's the Director of Financial Planning and Wealth Management at Francis Financial in the city, and Ted Goodman, who's an attorney and partner at Simonson Goodman Platzer. Did I get that right, Ted? You did. All right. Well, welcome my New York friends to the show. Oh, studio audience wasn't ready. Oh, there they are. (laughs) The thing about having a phony studio audience is nothing's changed. They were phony in the first place. And so therefore they're still here as uh, I broadcast from the podcast, as I podcast, I don't broadcast from the podcast bunker here in uh, mass. So how are you guys holding up? Avni, let's, let's start with you. You look none worse for the wear. You've got the virtual background going on on Zoom. We love that. Is that your company's logo? Yes, it is. It's fancy. It is our, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Those are our favorite colors at the company as well, and we try to use them as much as possible. So how And how is everything going? I take it you are at home, though. I am at home. Okay. Uh, so I live in a New York City uh, shoebox apartment, uh, as you can imagine, on the Upper East Side. Mm-hmm. And we are um, hunkered down uh, with, uh, you know, my husband and I and our two daughters. So it's been interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, my two girls are uh, on online school. And um so, yeah, I've been sequestered to this bedroom that's the farthest from everyone else. Uh, <laughs> so that's my children's bedroom. And so I, that's why I have this uh, virtual, virtual background. background. It, it, it works. You've got the headsets, and I mean this in the fondest way. They resemble the old uh, Time Life Operator headsets from those TV ads from the 80s and 90s. It's like, hi, I'm your Time Life. I used to have the, those when I was a news reporter at uh, Lawyers Weekly in Boston. I had that. Head- I love that headset. It's so it's so handy with the little uh, piece. So you've got the virtual background going. I recently discovered. Can you guys see mine? It's um, yeah. it's the do, you, does, do either of you know what that is? It's a moving video here. It is, of course, the music video for the song Separate Ways by Journey, which is known as one of the most uh, odious and terrible music videos of all time. So I just turned it off. Uh, <laughs> Ted, how about you, man? How are you holding up? Uh, everything is as well as could be expected, I guess. I have my both my boys are home from college. Um, so I'm actually uh, in the dining room now of my house. Mm-hmm. And uh, I fluctuate between here and the kitchen. My wife has the bedroom. My one of my boys has the office and another one has his bedroom. So 
we're making uh, do as as well as we can. My eagle eye spot is that a mezuzah in the back on the on the on the um. <laughs> it is yeah, very good. So, did you enjoy your your Pesach? Did you have a virtual virtual seder? I'm still seder? enjoying it. Uh, of I'm course, still enjoying it. I haven't Sorry. had my fill of matzah yet. Another oh. couple of days, I'll, I'll I'll be good. Did you do the the virtual seder? The other night? We did. Yep. It was very oh. nice. Uh, we had my mom, my my in-laws, uh, my brother's family, my uh, my brother-in-law's family. So it was uh, worked out very well. I had a, a, Actually, some of us preferred it to the in-person one, actually. Yeah. It went more smoothly. <laughs> it, ours, ours went a lot quicker. I'll say that. We did yeah. a super abbreviated version, figuring that that's all people could take. But it's, all, it's just nice to see people, you know, in their see the faces and actually know that the, you know, we're all in this together and all that. Um, Avni, tell me, like, have you been able to do business uninterrupted meeting with clients online, stuff like that? How's it been? It's actually been business as usual for us. Uh, so since hurricane Sandy, which was what, eight years ago now, um, right. we have been, our office back then was uh, the basement of the building was flooded. So we didn't have access to our office for almost two months. Oh, wow. And back then we uh, started working remotely. Um, and so since then, once every month, one day a month, we all work remotely just to wow. make sure our systems work, our, our uh, you know, everyone has their setup, they're comfortable with it, the phones, all of that. And so this transition was really knock on wood for us very smooth uh you know everyone was comfortable working from home um it's as if we are still in the office except mm -hmm. we don't see each other but other than that uh you know things have been moving very smoothly uh we're used to doing meetings virtually so you know that has uh, been really easy uh and our clients are used to it too so uh, fortunately, that piece has also gone well. We've actually signed three new clients, believe it or not, in the past four weeks. Congratulations. Uh, and it's, thank you. It's, it's a little bit slower than our usual pace, but then, um, you know, it's, it's reassuring for us to know that uh, clients still feel confident and comfortable and are able to trust us, uh, even though we're on uh, a virtual, um, mode of communication so i'm glad i have you on the podcast i need to talk about all these people who are struggling to to make do we just got three new clients show off um I, i'm i'm kidding it does it does show you how much you can do in in sort of a surprising way in, in virtually that you know your your firm now by the way when you said one day a month is that everybody picks the same day or do people pick different days everybody picks the same day so there's yep. a virtual day a month okay. wow mm -hmm. um so you were you were prepared um and we do the zoom calls we do whatever else we do online i wonder if this this is part of a uh, something of a permanent shift i don't know if it's good or bad i don't know if it's it's i think it's going to be necessary over i want to hear what you guys think the the theory is that this this is not going to be a uh, you know open the court the curtain, you know, let the dogs out and we all just run out and everything's back to normal. It's going to be a slow burn, right? Trying to get back to normal. Will there be fewer and fewer a year from now? Will there be even fewer in-person meetings? Ted, what, what, what do you think? Have you given that some thought? Well, I don't know. You know, I have a small office and we were definitely not uh, as prepared as Avni in terms of everybody doing practice runs online, but, but it, it's been fairly seamless in, in working offsite in terms of, 
accessing the computer and dealing with clients. The, the, the major problem has been all the courts have been closed. You can't right. have conferences. You, you can't get anything accomplished in terms of trials. Um, I had two depositions that I wanted to try to do this week. Neither defense attorney wanted to go forward virtually with them. So uh, everything has kind of been at a standstill in, in, in that sense. But we've been trying as, as much as we can to do paper discovery, to request medical records. Um, and in a case you know, like that, where, where the other party objects to a virtual deposition, is there just not much you can do? I think at this point, there is not anything you could do. Okay. Um, there's no real t- The courts in New York, in terms of uh, civil matters, you know, personal injury, medical malpractice, just quote unquote, we've been deemed non-essential. We just reopened yesterday for limited matters that were, um, and only virtually. So I contact two courts yesterday. One never got back to me, never answered their phone. The other one, nobody answered the phone, nobody's in the court. And actually, so a judge's law clerk did email me back and uh, was she said if I emailed her paperwork, she they'd work on it out of the out of the office, which is very nice. So um, I don't know what's going to be uh, with the courts. I guess nothing's going to get back to business as usual until the courts figure out how they're going to be dealing with it. And I take it the the courts remain open, but only for emergency stuff. I know you're not on the criminal side, but I imagine like we haven't canceled all crime. So I imagine, I imagine that's maybe the only one of the only reasons they're open I, I, for yeah. yeah. I think criminal stuff and family court stuff is open. Uh, I don't okay. really know what's going on with it. I, I mean, I, I think in federal court things have been much more um, business as usual, even though it, it's been virtual. But in state courts, uh, I'm not really sure on the criminal and family side. Other than they've been doing certain things for the last couple of weeks, but the civil stuff is really ground to a halt. So on the family side, just yeah. I'm sorry. No, you go. You no, go. I me. just wanted to. Add that on the family law side, uh, they are taking in um, matters that have come up in terms of child custody. So that is something that they're looking at. For the most part, they're giving a lot of guidance and saying that uh, you know each each court kind of in their in their county or, or jurisdiction are giving guidance about how to handle any conflicts about custody. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've heard from family attorneys. Family it's, law attorneys. Yeah, so it's um it's it's nice like the virtual stuff and we learn how to shift and pivot and do all the things we do. Um I I wonder what things are gonna change permanently. I wonder if you guys have thoughts. I, I heard um Anthony Fauci say the other day that handshakes are might be gone forever. And I wanna know if let's just start there. I wanna know if you got you guys do a lot of networking, you shake a lot of hands, sometimes even the uh, polite hug, you know. <laughs> Is that all out the window? Is it gone forever? What do you guys think? Avni, what do you think? I hope not. Yeah. I'm a hugger. <laughs> I am too. I am too. I hug everybody. And, uh, it's just it's just a wonderful way to greet someone and let them know you care. Um so I, I hope not. I, I, you know, maybe initially people are hesitant, but I also think that public memory is pretty short. Mm-hmm. And um, my belief is that uh, before you know it, um, people will start, uh, people will get back to some form of normalcy, including hugging and uh, <laughs> handshakes. 
Ted, I bet you're a hugger with your boys, your buddies. Especially especially when I go to Avni's meetings, I'm there definitely you go. a hugger. All right. So, <laughs> so what do we do? Um, you know, it's funny. The, the Putting aside hugs, one of the things, my, my oldest son's graduating college this year, and he, uh, the, one of the things my wife and I have always taught him when he interviews or other things, you have to give a firm handshake, right. look the person in the eye. That's right. And so we were talking about this the other day. He says, my life's training has gone out the window. <laughs> I can't even do this anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of agree with Avni. Mean, I, I think once, hopefully, if there's a vaccine or other things with this, and this is not a threat anymore, people will go back to doing things um, a more traditional way. But I, I, I think, I, I hope the next time, and I'm sure there will be a next time that this comes around, people will be quicker to adopt these types of um you know, distancing methods or not shaking hands, not hugging sooner. Uh, but, uh, but I think once this, uh, once this is under control, however long that's going to take, I think people will go back to doing things the, the way they've always done them. Well, as a, as the host of the Boston podcast and you guys two um, uh, prominent professionals in New York, uh, I just want to say on behalf of, of everyone in Massachusetts, it's all your fault. And thanks for nothing. <laughs> Um, (laughs) no, we, but I, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you is obviously I'm guessing you're not spending too much time on the streets of Manhattan and you correct me if I'm wrong. I know uh, you you make your home in the city, but, um, what's it like? What's it like? Is it, is it scary? Is it uh dour? Is it, uh, let's start with you since you're reporting from the field there. It's a little bit weird. Um, so we don't go out as much uh, we're we're pretty homebound but this past weekend uh both days there were windows of opportunity it was a little sunny and not that cold uh and we stepped out just for a walk um there are quite a few people outside there are yeah. but i think it's just just the density of the population even if you know a small percentage of people decide to leave their homes at the same time it's still a lot of people yeah and the narrow sidewalks are still pretty narrow uh and um so you know the the traffic we were near the fdr um on both days and um you know we thought yes the traffic was a little bit less than weekend traffic (laughs) but there was traffic it's so so it's a little weird the city does seem quieter and just this morning actually i heard some birds uh, outside which was mm-hmm. <laughs> uncharacteristic let's just say um yeah, so, there... yeah the city is quieter uh you know things are a little bit more difficult we're hearing firsthand about you know in one degree of separation where people have the virus or have the disease um I know one of our clients actually passed away from COVID. Uh, yeah. uh, so, so it, it is hitting home. It is in the, um, you know, it, it is really hitting home. At for least sure. For us in the city. Those, those birds were tourists from upstate New York. They heard it was a good time <laughs> to go down because, um, yeah, I mean, there are reports. I saw reports of insert, not, not in the U S but other parts of the world where there are, there are animals, typically wild animals, who are kind of wandering through the streets because there's nobody there, which is great. It's, so it's just like it's that movie Twelve Monkeys, where a virus wipes out the human race, and there are elephants and and giraffes running all over the place. Um, pick your pick your post apocalyptic movie, and 
there will be echoes of it and what we see today. But I'm, I mean, I'm not surprised that, you know, um, leave it to New York to still have a little bit of traffic during this thing. Uh, that's why you guys are number one. Uh, Ted, how about, how about you? I don't know. I, I confess, I don't know. Are you out in the burbs or are you close, uh, close to city? Or? I am. I'm in the burbs, okay. but I am the first burb outside of the five boroughs. So okay. I'm uh, right on the border of uh, Queens and uh, I'm on Long Island. And, um, okay. I, you know, it's it's definitely quieter. I had to go in one day last week or the week before just to, to get something out of the office. I mean, if there was no traffic, I, I flew in. Yeah. Um, I parked in front of the building, which, you know, nobody was ticketing me. I left one of my sons in the car. I went upstairs to the office. Uh, so in that sense, I would say an outdoor person i'm always exercising outside and typically there's nobody else really doing that and now there's any kind of nice weather the the this this the sidewalks are crowded with people walking and doing things i mean you know not crowded but but there's people out there trying to get out of their houses so yeah and, and you have to feel lucky not being in a shoebox apartment though <laughs> <laughs> uh, avni's killing it you don't have to worry about her i can tell <laughs> uh all right we uh, in a moment we're going to do a seg. In a moment we're going to do a segment of good stuff where our our guests here will give you a suggestion on something, some way to make your life a little bit easier, better, more tolerable. Who the heck knows? I hope you're not going to tell me how to make my own mask out of a t-shirt because I've heard that already many many times. But um, while they think of what they're going to say, I'll take a break and just tell you about what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network, Pod617.com. How would you like your own podcast? Well, you might think this is not the best time to get something started. But au contraire, we would suggest here because our team at uh, pod617.com will send you out a USB mic. If you'd like to get started with a podcast, it's an opportune time to reach your audience, your clients, your contacts. You've got a wrapped audience like never before. Go to pod617.com to start your uh, process, your podcast, be uh, the next big podcast star. But also, I should mention that on this show, The Boston Podcast, we're doing several episodes about how businesses are dealing with the coronavirus. And if you know a client, a contact, anyone you know that runs a business, I'm thinking about places like restaurants and eateries and things like that, that need to keep reminding people about what they do. Perhaps they're still open, perhaps they're still serving, working, etc. or anyone in any service industry, really go to pod617.com. You'll see a way to appear on this show at no charge at all. We want to do something to allow businesses to promote what they're doing during these uncertain times. I am sick of saying uncertain times. <sighs> Aren't you guys sick of saying uncertain times? No, no. Are, t- are times ever going to be certain again? <laughs> I, I am. I'm, I'm <laughs> Go ahead, the other one is the unprecedented time. Oh yes. Can we stop saying that? please? <laughs> Every TV ad now says it. We're living in unprecedented times, which is why you need to think about your life insurance. Uh, (laughs) And maybe you do. I don't know. Uh, Let's play an edition of Good Stuff. That's the good stuff. All right. So, Ted, let's start with you. You got a tip or something to make our lives a little happier given these so, uncertain well, times. Go ahead. I, I will say uh, one of the things we've been doing, we, we've gotten deep into Peaky Blinders. We're in the beginning of season five now, and uh, it's a great show on Netflix. It's kind of 
like uh, the Godfather, the early 1900s in in England. Um, about again, it's 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 excellent. And I would high school, college. Even my wife is is very into it. So we're we we love Peaky Blinders. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a good one. I, I um, what we've done with with my. What's that, Dave? No, sorry. Uh, I'll edit this. But are you uh, are you hearing interference on my end? There was some distortion just a moment ago when you were you got most of it yes. out, but you heard it too. I don't know yeah. if that's on my end or what. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're good. I'll just I'll edit this. I'll, I just wanted I wanted to say one thing about Peaky Blinders. So three, two, one. So yeah, I got into that show a little bit, and I think I dropped off somewhere in season late season one or early season two or something. But it's cool because it had me going back and looking. There were actually Peaky Blinders were actually a thing. Now the the I, th- I think if the TV show is not necessarily based on real people. Do you know that or Ted? Uh, well, I know that they use they use real character. I mean, you know, Winston Churchill's in it, and the, yep. the head of the Labor Party. I mean, one of the labor organizers, Jesse Eden. These are all historical characters. But I don't know if Thomas Shelby. I haven't looked into the main character yeah, of his yeah. family if that's that's real or not. But I, I know a lot of the um, other characters in the show are historical figures. I looked up when I started watching the show. I looked up what Peaky Blinders meant, and there are actually a couple different. It's the name of the gang, right, or the family, or whatever. But right. but but there is a couple theories as to how they came up with the name, and one of them is that, and it's depicted in the show that they they wore those hats. I'm forgetting what they're called. Like a, it's like a chapeau kind of thing. Right. Um, and there would be these these gangs. They would have razor blades in the hats and so they would take the hats off and swing them at their enemies and in some cases blind, blind them, them right right yeah geez it's like very tarantino or something yeah. um so that's a good one uh, you may get me back into peaky blinders so avni how about you i actually um i think my good stuff is more about um well-being i am focusing a lot on just uh just in general doing meditation keeping up with the exercise routine uh, especially being in new york city in an, in an apartment with not going out as much i think i i got 183 steps one day and so just for me uh, taking care of myself and and focusing on that same well-being for my kids of course i can never get them to meditate or <laughs> anything like that but i have them do whatever they feel like so they've been baking a lot which makes me flinch of the amount of sugar that's being consumed in this household yeah. <laughs> but uh but you know they're baking they're getting um confident about handling the kitchen cleaning up doing their chores so you know i think just overall well being um i'm trying to emphasize on the well being and i i encourage that with my clients as well a lot of our clients are um women going through stressful times like divorce and widowhood and um you know some some stress in addition to everything that's going on right now so um i'm really focusing on that with my clients as well I happen to be uh, a divorce guy. I've been divorced for about five years, and this, this, um, these, <laughs> these uncertain times, this, this quarantine period, it does put additional strains on the divorce couple because we've, you know, um, the kids. Of course, you want the kids to spend time with both parents, but you know, in 
in these best practices for quarantine, it's like, well, who's, who's part of the quarantine, right? I mean, if, you know, um, I'm dating someone who's also divorced and that person's ex-husband is a doctor and now all of a sudden my ex is going to say, well, you kind of need to let me know that because I need to know who you're spending time with. Have you heard any of that business, Avni? A lot. Really? A yep. lot. Uh, there's been so many uh, conflicts around custody roles and, right. and exactly that. There are so many, especially in New York, uh, doctors and nurses who are in that situation where they're sharing custody of children. Um, it's just, you know, who is to make that decision about what is uh, good for the child and how what is the best for the child involved. And up until now, most of the guidance that the courts are giving is that if there is a custody agreement in place and visitations established, those rules need to be followed um, unless you get a, a written uh, opinion from a medical professional, either your child's pediatrician or a qualified psychologist saying that, you know, visitation right now is not in the best interest of the child. Um, so in other, in other words, a lot of, <clears throat> sorry, Avni. so what I was saying was in other words, if you have a right to see your child, your ex cannot say, well, yeah, but I'm afraid that, you know, you've been hanging around this person and the exposure to the virus. No, no, that's what they're saying. Now it, things are still evolving, you know, sure. uncertain times. Yeah, keep saying. Right. yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of uncertainty around that. Some judges have come out and said, uh, okay, if you guys decide on some kind of an arrangement where the children are with one parent most of the time, then once things get back to normal, we'll compensate the other parent for the time that they've lost. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there are those types of guidance as well. We don't know how it's going to all shake out, but um, I have heard my um, you know family law attorney friends say, try as much as possible to keep the visitation going, um, you know, even if it makes means you're having to modify your uh, normal, quote-unquote, normal life. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what we're hearing. And then, you know, th this has already started having impact on, on strained marriages. Uh, we had a meeting with a client who was quarantined, obviously, with her family, and she... Um, had to pick a time where her husband was in the bathroom or something. And she called us saying, I can't do this anymore. Oh boy. I, you know, I just want to get out. I, what can I do right now to, to um, help myself? So we're having those conversations as well. And, you know, being quarantined with someone you, you want to, you know, not even see. Um, <laughs> Jeez. I shouldn't laugh, but yeah. Apartment is, is really, really difficult for people I, right now. I can only imagine. And, and you know, in some of those cases, and we're all, I'm just dealing in hypotheticals here, you know, the the wife is miserable under normal circumstances. You know, it's like, is it, well, is there some place you can go? Oh, I can go to my parents. Well, maybe you can't go to your parents now because your parents are exactly. quarantined, you know. And so it's scary. I'll tell you what's, you know, unemployment's up, sadly, of course. I'll tell you what's down, infidelity. 
If, there, if there's a marriage, there's a marriage. I mean, there is no more. I mean, I, we shouldn't laugh. This is, these are kind of dark subjects. But you know, if a, if um, a man or woman has is having going outside the marriage, having a relationship on the side, that's probably been put to a stop. I don't know if it's for better or for worse. But there's no more. Well, I got to stay late at the office, honey. No, you don't. The, the office is closed. So um, I don't know. Maybe it, it'll cause a lot of reevaluation. Um, Ted, we are a little bit up, up against the clock here, but just in terms of final thoughts, Ted, what are you looking forward to when all this uh, nonsense is over with? Anything you miss now that you get, you're, you're going to run out and do immediately when we're back open for business? I, I think just getting together with friends and family in person and, you know, having some drinks and laughing and going out to eat. I mean, uh, I enjoy cooking and I, I've been cooking three meals a day for three weeks now. And the joke in my house God. is, as soon as my kids finish dinner, they say, what's for lunch tomorrow? <laughs> so it's, uh, it, it's been in that sense, you know, going out, having a drink and relaxing at a restaurant with some friends would be, be a welcome respite from all this for sure. Yeah. How about you, Avni? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, I'm actually looking uh, to travel and, you know, go uh, even overseas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just saying that makes <laughs> my heart skip a beat. Uh, I have a lot of family in India and we did a Zoom call, got all the cousins and, you know, uncles and aunts and my parents together uh, over the weekend. And it was fabulous. And, you know, it just made me think how much I miss um, being there with them uh, at this time. And so yeah. I am looking forward to, to that. Yeah, the whole travel thing. I read some someone posted this. It wasn't my joke, but that. You know, the airfares are incredibly low, but there's nowhere to fly. The gas is extremely cheap, but there's nowhere to drive. We're basically stuck in that Alanis Morissette song. Everything is ironic and everything is upside down. Um, So thanks, kids, for joining us on the Boston podcast. I want to let you know where you can get in touch with my guest, Avni. Again, is uh, at Francis Financial. And how does this work, Avni? FrancisFinancial.com, typical spelling. Anything else we want to tell people about how to get in touch with you, or does that work? We'll call our office phones. Uh, it's still working uh, at 212-374-9008. And how about you, Ted, over at Simonson Legal? SimonsonLegal.com, does that work? Yep. That's the website, okay. um, or you could call us 212-233-5001. We're here to help. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, guys, for joining us on the Boston Podcast. See, we got, if nothing else, we've got the New York-Boston love thing going, right? We can pretend that we like each other during these times. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the uh, The Red Sox did a very nice thing for the COVID, uh, COVID-19 team at Beth Israel Hospital. They invited them on the field. I don't think the Yankees have done anything yet. Get on that, guys. All right? <laughs> Thanks for joining. I let them know. <laughs> uh, please do. Thank you. Just yell out your window. They, they might hear you. Who knows? down in the Bronx. And uh, thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts if you like this. Once again, if you know someone who'd like to be a guest on the show, particularly someone who runs a business that needs to keep the word out during this period of quarantine, you know what? Just email me directly, david at pod617.com. On behalf of my guest, Ted and Avenue, who are simply awesome, my friends from New York, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Stay safe, everybody. Stay inside. We're going to be okay, I swear. <laughs>